Ah, yes, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum, the number one sports betting vibe on the internet. I am your host, Nick Dayas. At Nick Dayas, 10 as you can find me. All things Veterans Minimum are at Veterans Minimum. Before we get started with a wild, jam-packed episode, we got to give a shout-out to one of our sponsors, and that is one of our favorite Fly me out, scouts, and curate trips to some of the world's most exciting locations. Those who join only need to purchase their slot. They take care of everything else, from logistics to activities to everything in between. It's a phenomenal way to meet and network with some of the top innovators and achievers from various industries. Listeners of Veterans Minimum. Do you ever feel the urge to break away and discover the world with a like-minded tribe? Let me introduce you legends to Fly Me Out, the premier social travel club. Imagine if LinkedIn, Airbnb, and Raya had a travel-loving baby. Whether you're looking to network with professionals on a beach or bond with creatives in the heart of a city, Fly Me Out has got you covered. Dive into curated experiences and with their platform, it's never been easier to find your tribe and see the globe. Don't just travel Make memories with Fly Me Out. If you go and download the app, use the code VM1, you'll get expedited application review. That is Fly Me Out. Download the app. Use code VM1 for expedited application review. Now, joining me, my guy, for real, my guy, shout out Queens, shout out New York. Uh, shout out the public school system of New York, or were you a private school boy? Did both, man. You did both. Damn. Let's go. Best best <laughs> of both worlds. My guy combo. I did, in. I did graduate from New York City Public High School exactly 50 years after my father did. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a public school graduate. Okay. I like it. Listen, man, it, uh, it's something that I'll maybe share with you off the record uh, due to our political climate nowadays. And uh, social media. Oh but, man, uh, I have we, a, can't we just talk how we talk? Yo, listen, can't we just talk? Listen, no, no, no. <laughs> just catch what I'm saying before I go. I have a theory that some of the weirdest people I've ever met in my life went to private school. So, all right. And if you think of yeah, some of that, the, that, some of the things going on, I kind of when someone's like, "Yo, I went to a private school," I'm like, "I bet I'm immediately putting you in this box." <laughs> so it's public school gang through and through. You heard. Yeah, that's fair. I would give you that. I think I think that's a fair statement. <laughs> Man, how you been, bro? It's been a minute. Last time I saw you, uh, you were here in studio. I'm glad you got to experience that. That was really dope. Shout out to you, man. You are the truth when it comes to scouting these rookies. And, and yeah, everyone Thank could you. tell you about Wemby. Everyone could tell you about the top lottery guys. But I said this before, dude. When you give a cosign to someone, that is a second round pick or a late first round pick. I'm always like, yo, he got the combo cosign. It's a good thing. And I'm glad that you were able to join the show today, bro. Really appreciate you. It's always great talking basketball with you. And I really appreciate those words. It was interesting. Last time we talked, like we were talking about the skepticism around Wemby. And now we see what happened there. I told you it was going to be all good. I even hit you with a few bars saying, 
I took the good away from the bad and all that. But uh, yeah, man, he's the real deal. And a combo cosign is definitely a good thing. But I definitely appreciate your words. Appreciate always being on the show, man. Dude, I want to talk some hoops with you, obviously. Um, you know, I don't know if I told you some of the bets that I made this year, but one bet that I made is, uh, and it's a team that I was really excited about. I've watched them a little bit. I've watched more NBA, I'll be honest with you, bro, more NBA through the first, like, seven, eight games than I have the last couple of years. Um, I kind of, like, tap in here and there, but I got league pass. And, um, you know, obviously now being out here, I can't watch the Knicks. So I'm watching a lot of the Knicks. And then also what's cool is like, we always have games on here in the studio, just on a random Tuesday or Thursday night. I bet the thunder to be a top three seed this year. And it was a really good number. The reason why is cause I'm a fan of the young team that seems like they care. The younger teams care more about the regular season because they kind of don't know any better, right? Like LeBron and them are like, yo, bro, let's just get healthy, right? Golden State is like, let's just get healthy. Let's be healthy when it matters. We'll figure it out from there. We've been there, done that. Like, all right, we're going to play a game five in a 2-2 series at Sacramento. It don't matter to us, bro. We've been there, done that. But the young teams, I feel like they've always, in the history of the league too, they seem to want those top seeds. They care more about the regular season. What are your thoughts on the Thunder through the first, you know, they're four and three at the time of recording? Yeah, even last season, going back to last season when Chet was injured, which was really unfortunate, I thought they were going to be right there to turn the corner once Chet arrived because not only was he such a talent watching him in Gonzaga, but he just fills a gap that that team needed with the rim protection and his ability to pick and pop. Josh Giddy and obviously SGA, all-star level players, and then they have another guy who could be an all-star level player in Jalen Williams who could play both sides of the floor, could get his own shot. Just the mentality of a killer, man. That guy's going to be good. They got like four or five guys that could be legit all-star level players. And I also think it's a great mesh as well. Yeah, it's uh, they got a lot of guys that, like I feel like they all complement one, one another really well. And for a young team, mm -hmm. it's rare that you see that. Um Look, like, even their losses this year, bro, two-point loss to the Warriors, a four-point loss to the Pelicans, like, they're in these games close. Obviously, they got blown out by the Nuggets, but, like, the Nuggets are going to do that to a bunch of people. I think they're, they're one of, like, moving forward, bro, is there a better team to, like, I know you never want to say the windows, you know, they have a 10-year window, right? Like, you just never know because – especially Thunder fans, they're probably listening to this combo right now, and they're like, hey, man, this is what we thought in 2012 when we went to the finals, and then we fucking basically blew up the team kind of. We kept Durant and, and Russ, but we couldn't keep everybody that we wanted to. And then before you know it, four years after that, everybody's gone except for Russ, and now he's no longer on the team. But they got a bunch of young guys. They got guys that complement one another. And then, bro, how many first-round picks do they have over the next couple of years? Like 60? Yeah, they <laughs> they could like they might be able to get like one or two more stars, right? With the stars that they already have. I mean, yeah, if you want to put stock into a team, I'm with you, man. Put it into the thunder because they're not the future. They're right now with youth. So that's a great combo, if I do say my soul myself, since that's my name, Dirt. Yeah, man. And dude, like, you know, they they can they could afford to give up some picks because they have so many too from all these teams and like, bro. You know, 
segueing into the Clippers, right? Like people forget. I don't know if they forget, but I feel like it doesn't get mentioned as much that SGA was a fallout from the trade that they made with the Clippers. Like that's who one of the draft picks was, right? And yeah. And like, bro, the Clippers, they lose the debut of James Harden to the Knicks the other night. And uh, it's just a lot of dudes that need the ball, bro. You've played ball your whole life, right? You can, someone got to be the facilitator. The other one got to get buckets. When you have all these guys that need the ball in order to be successful and like high usage rates, I think it's, it's, it's a decision that I didn't like from the beginning. I've been on my anti-James Harden. Like, why are teams still giving this dude a chance for mortgaging the future in order to get him? It's like, bro, it's a divorce analogy, right? Like, this dude's been in, on four teams in four years. It ain't the teams, bro. It might be you, fam. <laughs> like, let's be honest. So It I, might be Harden. It, it might be Harden. Everything you're saying is right on the money. I would say I don't know if I would have leveraged my future if I was in charge there, but I would say for this year, they increased their title chances a little bit, a little bit. I think they got a little bit better if everybody, as you could say, could sacrifice because Russ is going to have to play off the ball more. James Harden, we're going to have to see more catch and shoot from him. And Kawhi Leonard, it really all comes down to Kawhi because PG-13, that guy is incredible. He has no weaknesses. He's going to play great. But can Kawhi Leonard be that Toronto Raptors Kawhi Leonard? I think some people are skeptical about it. Some people are watching him play and say, yeah, he's close to that right now. So everybody's talking about the fit, but Kawhi got to will that team to a title if they have any chance at all. And then Russ definitely has to do a better job of – off the ball, cutting through space. I know this might sound crazy, but he needs to play that Christian Brown type role that he played with Denver, just doing all the garbage work, cutting through space, grabbing rebounds, playing defense. You're not the guy anymore, and he's going to sac- have to sacrifice even more with James Harden there. James Harden himself is going to have to play off the ball a little bit and focus more on maybe getting that catch and shoot in because he doesn't do a great job of taking those at volume, even though he's really good at it. You know, I forgot who it was that said it, Combo, and maybe you'll remember this, that the hardest the hardest thing to coach in pro sports is the aging star. Yeah. And, like, bro, you look at it, like, these guys were the man for so long. And it's like, you know, in some circumstances, they're still great. But mm-hmm. especially, like, I was – I always would get heat from some of my boys that that – like follow basketball when I would say things like the John Morant's, the Russ, the, the John walls of the world. I love watching them. I don't know if I would ever want to build around them because I like the more methodical break you down kind of guard, right? That like the athleticism isn't the main component to why they're good. Cause then eventually the athleticism goes now what do you have to fall back on? Like Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, these guys are going to be great for four or five more years because they're also really good shooters. So, like, their game isn't going to need to – yeah, are they athletic? Obviously, but I'm saying it's not the windmill Duncan, and it's like the Blake Griffin thing, right? Like, Blake was so great for seven, eight years, and then when he lost that, that pep in his step, the explosiveness, you started seeing, like, yo, bro, now you got to go to the bench. Now you're – now you're one yeah. of the worst contracts in the league because who you were uh, is not who you are now. 
you're saying there's not as much longevity with players that their game is predicated on athleticism. You like good basketball players that maybe happen to be athletic. Yeah, like, dude, my, my old joke used to be like, yo, Tim Duncan was the same speed in 2K from his rookie year till he ended. That's why he played. That's why he played for for as long as he did. Right, Dirk was never was always slow. <laughs> Paul Pierce was no. Paul Pierce was a guy who like he never beat you with athleticism from when he came into the league from Kansas. It's like yo, these are those are the guys that I always liked. And I don't know, maybe it's because like I was never the fastest, most explosive guy. I was kind of just always methodical and break you down more like you know uh, fundamentals. But if you look at the league now, too, it's like Luka, Jokic, two of the best guys in the league. They're kind of like that slow, methodical. Do you think it's just a European thing? Yeah, I think Europeans, it's funny you say like you love the methodical player because it's so interesting that you do BJJ now because that's what it's all about. You don't need the speed. You just need to be methodical, right? I'm sure that's why you love that sport so much. But um, when it comes to Jokic and Luka, I think European players play with a unique cadence that the American players don't really play with. So, um, yeah, a unique rhythm, a unique cadence that's really seen in European players. And the thing with Jokic and Luka, there's a lot of guys like those guys overseas. They just don't have the same size as them. Like, if you go overseas, you see a lot of 5'11", 6-foot guys that play like Luka. Luka just happens to be 6'9". So those guys have the elite pace and skill level with the size, and that's what makes them so elite. Luke is just so strong and plays with his own pace and so skilled and one of the best passers in the league. Like, those two, both of them are absolute basketball savants. Dude, it's really interesting what happens from a betting perspective with players. And Luca is such a good example of a combo because the last three years, no player was bet more by the public to win MVP than Luca. And obviously he's a top five to 10 talent in the league. I think it's, it's not up for debate, but what happens is eventually the public gets scarred, right? Damn. I bet on him. Didn't hit, doesn't hit, doesn't hit. And now he's the mm -hmm. favorite. He's the front runner through the first seven, eight games. They're off to an amazing start. The knock that I always had on the Mavericks, bro. And the reason why I would tell people, yo, you can't bet Luca for MVP. And I would hear, I would get tweets, I'd get comments, I'd get DMs, and they'd say, bro, he's one of the best players in the league. It's like, yeah, that's not the issue. We're not doubting the player. It's you need to have team success. That's what was holding back Luka all these years. And that's why he was the most wagered player over the last three seasons to win NBA MVP. And then guess what happens this year, bro? 14 players got more action on them to win MVP than Luka. And now he's having an MVP season because also the team – has only had one loss at the time that we're recording. Yeah, I mean, that's what makes a good gambler or an average gambler a great gambler. You have to take everything into consideration and look at all the variables. It's not that just this guy seems like he's the best player in the league and he would have a great regular season. You have to take into you have to take those things into consideration. So that's really smart of you. I think he has a great chance this year. Um he always starts really strong. Can he stay healthy? Can he keep it up? He seems he seems to be a guy that doesn't get injured often. And I think he has a great chance to win it this year. And for the foreseeable future, I think it's going to be Jokic, Luka, Anthony Edwards. And I think eventually SGA could get in that mix as well to tie it back to OKC. Hey, man, you know why Luka and Jokic don't really get hurt? 
As you said, methodical. Methodical. They're <laughs> slow. They're not like, you know, like, bro, you know how many times I've seen Ja take it to the to the hoop and I'm like grabbing my knees or like I'm, dangerous. It's it's like it's so amazing to watch. But it's like, bro, you're a flight risk every time you leave the ground. And it's dope, right? Like he probably has the greatest collection of missed dunks in NBA history because he goes to just yeah. nuke people under the rim. But then it's like, yo, the way you're landing, right? Like you're 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 pretty small. Like your 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 frame isn't mad. He's not like Anthony Edwards, who that's your boy, yeah. bro. Edwards is yeah. your boy. And there you saw two, you saw you saw you saw him versus Celtics. They gave him their first loss. He was different in that OT, man. He was different. That guy's different, bro. They're, He's different. They're one of the teams that I sent you that I wanted to talk about because. Another Look at me segueing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, bro, listen, we've been doing this for years. You know what I'm saying? But, dude, this is another team to tie into the Luka thing, right? Same concept. People were off Minnesota last year because of the trade with Gobert. And, look, I, I wasn't the most excited about it. But then we see the issues that they had last year. And it's a real thing, man, in the sports betting space. And this is combo why I love talking betting because – in any sport, you could identify certain trends and certain perceptions that people have because of what's the talk of the town last offseason, whether it's good or bad, right? Oh, my God, this is the worst trade ever. How is Towns and Gobert going to work? <clears throat> so now that negative stigma carries into the next year, and I think they've been one of the surprises of the league through the first two weeks. Yeah, they're really interesting. What you're talking about is basically an elevated perspective. You're not just looking at the day-to-day. -day. You're looking how things work over time. Robert Greene talks about this in his book, Human Nature, and it's a really great trait to have. So with them, it's like, again, to your point, like chemistry is not microwavable. Like it doesn't just happen like that. And they got a whole other year to get more comfortable with each other. Rudy's actually playing a lot better this year, so maybe he got more comfortable. Anthony Edwards is such a young superstar so it was inevitable he was going to take a leap this year and then him and Jaden mcdaniels playing defense on the front line at the point of attack and then you have rudy gobert in the back line playing better than ever like he's playing at his peak where he was with utah um cat hasn't been himself but it hasn't hindered the team at all so they've just been fantastic and their defense has been really good you mix that in with is going to be MVP really soon, Anthony Edwards, and the defense with Anthony and Jaden. I think they are incredible, and they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. They were actually Denver's toughest out in the Western Conference last year, which was pretty incredible, and they're going to be even better this year. Yo, do you think that because the traditional center is like kind of slandered nowadays, that when I mean, is there any is there is there any more traditional centers? No, but what I'm saying is like having a guy like Gobert, right? Where the back, okay. like that kind of center, a lot of teams, they go small, right? Do you think it's a, it's a matchup issue when you first run into it? Like, especially come playoff time, it could be difficult because there you're, there you're playing them for so much longer where like on a night to night basis, it could also be an advantage too, because like, oh shit, it's, it's like when you don't think so. No, I, what I'm saying is you're on point because every trend oh. has a tipping point. Yeah. Right? Like when one trend goes too far, there's going to be some player that's just going to dominate 
the small ball era and everything's going to have to turn back the other way. And we might see that with Wemby. Like he might just have to be too, he might just be too big for everybody at one point when he gets a little bit stronger and you're going to have to start bringing in those bigs to guard him, even though it's going to be tough to guard him on the perimeter as well. He's an absolute alien. But as we saw, like when Shaq was the most dominant player in the league, teams had to get two or three big men just to bang with him. So the NBA changes every 10 years and it's going to be interesting to see the next wave of what will happen in the NBA. I will say, I don't think they'll ever be like, for the foreseeable future, like post up bigs anymore because it's just not analytically efficient. And the league is so influ- so influenced by the analytic era and the European style of basketball that we're not going to see the traditional big, but we're probably going to see more unicorns, like seven foot players that could do a little bit of everything like we're seeing with Chet and Wemby. I think that's the next evolution. Man, before I let you go, bro, and I, and I love that take, like the thing about the trends, like you see it in every sport right eventually it becomes it's dope it helps you win but then after that it's you need the right pieces you need the right players in order to make that happen it's just what i've always talked about with golden state it's like yeah i want my team to shoot 53s a game also but do i have the two greatest shooters of all time to help spearhead that probably not that's why every other team that does it it's not as efficient i want to end this conversation with the hoops man and uh, I would love to get you back in a couple of weeks. Maybe we could do like another another update, like you know, early December. And then I would love to talk about the the playing tournament too. Are you going to be out here for that? I'm not sure yet. We have to talk about it. Okay, we'll talk about it. We'll yeah. talk about it. Uh, Jamal yeah. Murray, right before we started recording, they announced he's going to be out about a month, right hamstring. What do you make of this? They're seven and one. They're tied for the best record in the league. He's 26 years old. I felt like coming into this year, the Nuggets could be better than what they were the year before because mm-hmm. Murray was coming off like, yo, it's a real thing, right? Like in the UFC, they talk about this all the time, that when you get, when you become a champion, you get like 15 to 20% better because your mentality changes. Now you know you've been to the mountaintop. And Murray right. now... We've known how good Murray has been, and I've always said about the Nuggets that, hey, man, don't slander the Nuggets heat final as a small market final because 10 years ago, we felt like Golden State being in the finals was lame. And then all of a sudden, they become a household name and they're a powerhouse, right? Like, who would have thought Cleveland was going to be dope being in the finals? Like, no, now you got stars. Now it becomes a bigger market because of the players that you have Mm -hmm. there. And... Who knows if if like Murray and the Nuggets are going for championship number three if he doesn't get hurt and then has to rehab the next year and then coming into last year, he's also rehabbing. So I felt like this year, him coming into the year was going to be the best Jamal Murray that we were going to see. And dude, I mean, the playoff run that he went on last year was amazing. 26-7-5 in the 20 playoff games. But you think this is going to be an issue for them moving forward? So I think that the starting lineup is going to be better than ever just because they're all young players and they're all getting better. And, you know, MPJ still getting better and Jokic is a young star. But, you know, they did lose some depth with Bruce Brown leaving and Uncle Jeff. Um, Jamal Murray just seems to be a playoff player. Like we've seen it in the bubble. We've seen it during the championship run. And maybe this hamstring injury 
is a blessing in disguise because they could get some more of their younger players involved and get that bench a little bit stronger. I think their bench is good and their starting unit is great. So if we can get that bench unit to very good, I think they have a great chance to win this year and then become a dynasty over time, maybe with some other pickups or however they want to evolve the team. But with Jokic there, I mean, they're always going to have a chance. And to me, they're still the favorites. Like, I think they're going to win it this year. As I said before, chemistry is unmicrowavable, and there's a surplus of talent in the NBA right now. But there's not a lot of teams with absolute chemistry and continuity like the Denver Nuggets have. Like, and also, I think like a lot of the star players moving around a lot helps a team who's built with who who is built from within, like the Nuggets. Yeah, that's always been one of my favorite thing about them is that they they add yeah. one to two pieces, not six, right? Like they keep the same core all these years. And also most importantly, I think, especially for us too, their head coach is from Queens, baby. Facts. Yeah, man. Yeah. Mike Malone. I remember him coaching me in a basketball camp back in the Highland college basketball camp. And he, he was a good dude, man. And it's great to see him doing well. His father left quite the legacy in the NBA and he's following in his footsteps. So he got toughness, man. That parade was amazing. Like he just got that New York swag, right? <laughs> Listen, man, you either got it or you don't. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you That's know what fact. I'm saying. You got that confidence. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. I definitely know. Yo, Combo, this was fun, man. I like doing some NBA catch-up with you. Let the people know where they can find you and some of the things that you're working on. Uh, Combo's Court, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're over 500 episodes in. We have plenty of episodes with Nick in there, so you can check them out. You just got to look through the archives. I started a new show. A la Nick himself, like I did it from Queens. I started a new in-studio show called He's With Us. I'm on B-Ball Breakdown doing live shows with Coach Nick often. And uh, you catch me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-L. And, of course, catch me on the Veterans Minimum whenever I get the opportunity to come on and talk basketball with Nick. Let's go, man. Hopefully uh, I'll hit you up off the record, and we'll see if uh, you're coming out here for Vegas for the play-in tournament. All right, let's go to an ad break.